Valley of Famine contains mature content and adult language. Check the show notes for specific content warnings. Hello, listeners. Did you know that the Rogue Valley Role Players podcast is an affiliate of BattleBards? BattleBards is an online repository of music, sound effects, and all sorts of other audio goodies that you can use in your own games and shows. Check out their website at BattleBards.com, and don't forget to use our promo code, RVRPODCAST, when you sign up for a Prime membership. Hello and welcome listeners to the Rogue Valley Roleplayers. My name is Ben and I am here with Nick, Austin, Ed, and Rosemary. We had to change recording locations and so the seating arrangement has changed much to my ire. Anyway, uh, once again, my name is Ben. I am the marshal tonight, running the shindig, doing the things, hurting the cats. I am Nick. I am playing Haru Matsuhara, the samurai. I am Austin, playing a character who was formerly known as Wynon Beardslay, but shall now be known by his true name, Herod Graves. I'm Ed, and I'm playing Daisy Graves, but people call her Railin' Daisy Graves because she put many a foul person into the grave with her railgun. Oh, and also because she got married to Jonathan Graves, mayor of Jacksonville. And I'm Rosemary, and I play Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. She's a hexinger. All right, so it's uh, it's been a while when we pick up. Uh, it's midway through July. In fact, it's warm in the Rogue Valley. Probably not as warm as it is for us now this July. Um, here in 2021, as we're broiling alive. Uh, but it's it's warm. It's uh, good weather. The crops are are slowly. Growing, ripening, getting, getting, looking uh, tastier and tastier by the day. Rachel, you're riding into town, into Jacksonville, uh, to start the day's work. You, you, uh, you know, Jacksonville's pretty busy, um, but give me a notice roll. Five. Five. Five is good. So, you probably would ordinarily have noticed this uh, without a roll, but I made you do it anyway for reasons that may become clear soon. But uh, you, uh, you're riding through town, and you see, you see, you recognize all of the townspeople around you, but they stand too tall, their legs ending in hooved feet, uh, their faces stretched into these hideous elk skulls, antlers sprouting from their foreheads, and they're otherwise going about their normal daily business. You pass by the butcher shop, and instead of animal carcasses hanging, you see human corpses butchered and dangling, ready to have slices carved off of them, choice slices. 
and everyone, as you come riding through, taking this in, everyone kind of stops what they're doing and slowly turns and stares at you, their eyes bright and yellow, too big in their sockets, as you come riding up to the sheriff's office. Don't know how to react to that. The whole town? The whole town. You recognize Howard Johnson. You see Jonathan Graves, Daisy Graves, Harrod Graves, the whole Graves family. It's gotta be some sort of bad dream. I will ride up to the sheriff's office and quickly dismount from Oakley and uh, go inside. You get off your horse and you walk up to the sheriff's office, but before you can get there, the door flies open and Sheriff Ross comes stepping through and he throws something into the street in front of you. His own, he looks largely human. His eyes are too large in his eye sockets, gleaming red. Uh, you can see little Bambi antlers starting to sprout from his forehead. His uh, fingers have kind of started to elongate. He's uh, a bit taller than you last remember him, but otherwise he still largely looks human. Uh, and he, he throws this object in, in front of you at, at your feet and points an accusing, elongated, clawed finger at you and says, This is your fault, Rachel. This is your doing. You've damned us all. And he goes for his gun. What's the object that he threw? Haru's head. Oh, shit. Uh, I will draw on him. Okay. Make an athletics roll. While I find and dig out Ross's character sheet. That's an 11. You got an 11, you said? Yeah. All right, I rolled a 5, so that is a raise. You draw on him faster. You've always been a little bit faster than Ross. You've always been a little bit better of a trick shot. Uh, so this is this is a no contest. Go ahead and roll your shooting. Eight. Your bullet catches him between the eyes, snaps his head back, and he drops to the ground. And then you wake up. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah, you wake up and just just soaked with sweat. Probably uh, gasping, breathing hard a little bit from that. You, know, you wake up suddenly from a dream. <gasps> yeah. Is Scout nearby? Yeah, Scout's snuggled up to you. I, like, run my hand through the scruff in his neck, kind of just to reassure myself. Just a dream. Just a dream. Fuck, though. And I will, um, get out of bed and putter around my house. Um, yeah, you're puttering around your house, getting ready for the day, when there's suddenly a frantic knocking, hammering at your door. Uh, and Billy Johansson is outside. Uh, yeah, I'll open the door and be like, come on in, Billy. Uh, coffee's just about ready. You want some? Oh, there ain't, there ain't no time, uh, Miss Kennedy. There's, there's been a murder at the church. Ross said to come immediately. What? There, there's been a murder. All right, all right. Uh, I will quickly gather up, like, my duster, my gun belt. Kind of do that hopping out the door. Put it, pull it on my boot, and then uh, get into saddle up Oakley and head out as fast as I can. Okay. 
And uh, the rest of you all probably receive a similar summons. Uh, Billy goes riding off and, and just kind of tries to alert everyone, the, the usual group, as it were. And uh, I think you all meet in front of the Jacksonville Church. Or one of them, at any rate. The, the Catholic Church. Uh, see Billy, any of y'all? Billy, uh, came to the, the farm and let me know to come here. I'm less concerned about Billy and more concerned that the crime scene is currently being defiled by grubby hands. I think we should get in there. Well, who's in there? It's a church, Daisy. I, I suppose anyone could be in there who finds the need for faith. Well, hopefully they ain't going around touching bodies. Would be mighty weird of them. So there's no one here who we can ask information. I guess Rachel will go into the church. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be like, well, let's go look at the yeah, body. Let's go look at this body. Uh, you step inside the church, and immediately you can see there are signs of a terrible struggle. Uh, pews have been smashed and thrown about. Uh, the pulpit has been knocked over, and... Uh, everyone give me, give me a spirit check. This is a fear check, but this is more for visceral than, uh, supernatural monsters. So the blessing of Skell does not help you. Fifteen. Eight. Four. Four. All right. You all... Uh, keep it together as you see the body of Father David Smith. Uh, he has been left splayed out grotesquely, his blood splattered like gruesome angel wings across the front, the front of the church, the, I don't know, not the front, but the, uh, the rear, I guess. I don't, I don't know what y'all call it. The, like the stand that... The speaker stands at? Yeah. Okay. That the area. altar? That thing. Altar. Yeah, the altar. Yeah. And uh, he's just laying stretched out there in front of the altar. Well, that's a statement. We should see if we can find signs of the murder weapon. Perhaps some sort of sword? Yeah. Yeah, Rachel will take a moment to just look at this scene sigh and then head down the aisle towards the body looking for evidence as she goes okay are you examining the body first or actually no she's gonna examine the area like around the body okay is anyone looking at the body i'd look at the body first that seems like um why not is going to look at the furniture and the pews in the area to see if any of them have like cut marks or slash marks or anything that would imply the type of weapon used. Okay. I'm going to be examining the just the general fight scene, see like if I can find footprints or anything like that. Okay. Yeah, basically I want to examine the scene around the body and then the body. Alright, let's let's start with Daisy and her examination of the body. Go ahead and give me a healing roll there. Healing roll, Healing at these days. Still only that. A four. Without getting too graphic, uh, you get up to the body and you can see that Father Smith uh, was 
cut open so that his abdominal cavity was exposed. Now, what was he cut open by, I guess? Like, really sharp instrument, claws? You imagine some sort of knife. The the cut is pretty clean, uh, so it's it's not really torn. So it wasn't claws. It wasn't necessarily, necessarily something like a scalpel. It wasn't surgical. Um, but it does look like he's been gutted. Uh, and um, a number of his internal organs have been removed and are just straight up missing. And it looks also like some pieces of his flesh have been torn out. So he's been mutilated and... Yeah. Um, The rest of you that are examining the fight scene, roll notice. Simple. Eight. Eight. Rachel, I guess, is looking in the wrong place at the church. Okay. Haru and Wan, you both notice there's like a... Actually, uh, sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to try to say Herod from now on. And I think the goal is he's going to try to call you all by your first names as sort of like a character change. Okay. And then if we remember, try to call him Herod. It's going to be hard. Cause, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Adjust, we'll adjust. Herod. Um, you notice, both you and Haru notice that there's a side door that looks like it's been hacked apart, uh, and just, just burst inwards. Haru, it looks like perhaps the assailant came through here. So it seems. Let's see if we can notice anything on the outside of the door. Uh, with your rays, Haru, you notice, uh, there, there are a bunch of, uh, gashes in in the pews and the pulpit and stuff like someone was brandishing a knife um but these are pretty heavy uh pews pretty heavy pieces of wood um it would take a considerable undertaking to thrash them around as they have been in fact you uh can't help but notice that uh, a number of the pews look like they've uh got these massive bloody handprints on them. So, like, pretty substantially larger than a normal person. Yeah, substantially. Not, not like, three times or twice as big as a human hand, but, uh, you know... Gorilla hands, almost. Like, yeah, you know, just yeah. Big, big human hands. Big, big, huge hands. Okay. And uh, if you you go take a look at the outside, you look at the remains of the side door, and it looks like it's been... uh, Well, actually, anyone who's looking at the side door, go ahead and give me another notice roll. Uh, And if you call Rachel over, I'm sure she can partake in that. Yeah, I have wandered over, seeing as how you guys found something and I didn't. Rachel, come take a look at this. All right. Herod waves you over. No, there's three. Okay. Benny, this That's a ten. Okay, the door looks like it was hacked apart by, like, a shovel or something. I can't make heads or tails of this. Do you see these uh, marks here? It's both cutting and blunt, if that makes any sense. Perhaps some sort of uh, tool. A shovel? Oh, uh, yeah. 
good eye. So it seems these marks on the back of the pews and the you see the pattering there is a large we're looking for a very large man. A large man with a shovel. Now who does that bring to mind? Perhaps the grave digger? Isn't Mr. Pittman like like yeah. kind of thin and lithe? He's tall and real thin. Yeah. Is he, would you describe him as large, though? Mm, no. No, okay. Does, does this match the description of anyone in town? I don't think you have enough information to go by on that. You, you just got big bloody handprints. I think we need to do some more investigating before we can make any sort of theories as to what happened here. I saw you investigating the body over there, Daisy. Did you find anything interesting? Well, what I can tell is it's definitely used a, a pretty sharp weapon to cut him open. Uh, and as you can see, his intestines, well, they're all over the ground, but he seems to be missing things like... What is he actually missing? Uh, his heart, his liver, one of his lungs. Well, his intestines are all strung out. Like, yeah, His lungs are missing, his heart, one of his kidneys... Like, someone, yeah, harvested a whole bunch of his organs and mutilated his body. This is, this is nasty. So let's go back to the, the beginning here. Someone took, someone large, took a shovel, bashed open the door of a church, and then eviscerated the priest in order to steal his organs. That can't be good. And display him so prominently as some form of symbol or... Mark. I think it's safe to say this is a paranormal situation. I think I'd like to have a doctor examine this body to see if there's any other evidence that we might have missed. I, I already examined it. <laughs> I mean, technically, she is a doctor. A weird sign. <laughs> I have a healing of D6. I've been studying the medicine so we can try to rescue Haru. Save Haru. All right, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> we decided it's resurrection spell. She lifts me up on top of a tower during a lightning storm. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think in 1885 uh, it was quite as tough to to get that doctor added to the front of your name. That's it's not on my list of titles yet, but now it will be. Yeah, yeah. a new one. Okay, so what is everyone doing? Starting, Rachel. What's your next action? So we've examined the body, we've examined the crime scene. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to turn to Daisy and say, can you take care of the body, Daisy? I'd like to see if I can find any witnesses who are about when this happened. Uh, I'd rather not. Don't, don't the church got someone to, that could do that? I think that person is lying here in front mm-hmm. of us. He's the only member of the church? Father Smith uh, maintained the uh, the church by himself. He he lived in a back room. Um, yeah, really, the only person he probably that springs to mind as someone who would whose job would be to take care of bodies would be uh, Pittman. Edgar Pittman. Yeah. Well, I'll go find Pittman. Before I leave, I'd like to check his personal belongings in the back. Perhaps there's some sort of clue for who or what may have had it out for him. I will go look for neighbors near the, like close to the church who might have heard what was going on or like may have heard something. 
even if it was just they heard bashing and were kind of confused by it. Okay. That's kind of similar to what you were doing, yeah, right? we could go together. So you start going door to door, knocking and asking, um, most, it's pretty early in the morning. So most people are, are just getting up, just getting their day started. They're pretty groggy. Most say like, no, nah, didn't hear any disturbances. One or two people's like, yeah, I, I heard a lot of banging and, and yelling and, and hollering at the church. And, uh, ah, well, uh, God, God forgive me, but, uh, after this last winter, I, I wasn't too keen to go investigate strange noises in the in the night. You know, I just kind of kind of double double checked my locks and and hid under my bed. I mean, I can't fault them. <laughs> no, I can't either. Can you be more specific? What exactly did these noises sound like? I think it could be very important. Uh, I I I heard a man. Yelling and screaming, and then uh, and then screaming a lot, um, and then something I don't know roaring, like a I don't know like a like not not like an animal roaring, but like a uh, like a a person when they get real drunk, they get in a fight and they're just all all mad and 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 pissed off. Thank you. Yeah. If you yeah. think of anything else, please. I'll, I'll I'll drop on by the sheriff's office and, and uh, see if anyone is is there. Maybe after I, I go fortify myself with some 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 whiskey. Is there any other information that we gather than just what it sounds like? That's as far as questioning neighbors and stuff. That's that's all you get. Um, but since you're walking around the area, why don't you both give me notice rolls? Oh, okay. Hey, you passed a roll. Five. Okay. We spot it at the same time together. You do. You spot a, uh, a set of tracks of bloody footprints leading away from the church. Oh, boy. You know what this means. We've got to follow them. Yep. Where's Curtis? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the church. What do you mean, meanwhile, back in the church? I mean, meanwhile, back in the church. What's left in the church? Uh, Herod is oh. investigating uh, oh, yeah, Father right. Smith's personal effects. I was like, is the body about to get up and do something? It's going to dance. You, you see uh, Father Smith's splayed open corpse just like start moonwalking out of the church. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that took a turn. Definitely to the tune of Thriller. Yes. So, uh, Herod, you step into the back of the church where Father Smith's uh, personal quarters would have been. Uh, it's pretty spartan in there. Uh, there's there's a shelf. Uh, there's a couple of candles for lighting. There's a battered old... Uh, well, actually, I take it back. There's... um. A worn Bible, but it only looks like it's a, a few years old, maybe maybe four or five years old. Uh, that's definitely like a, easily identified as like a Catholic Bible that's sitting out. Um, and there's uh, a bed that just looks like it's vaguely comfortable enough that he can 
get up mostly without back pain. Um, and there's a trunk at the end of that bed at the foot of it. Uh, there's probably like a crucifix or two on the wall. Herod will uh, start by moving over towards the Bible and picking it up. Okay. A man of faith, it seems. And he'll uh, flip through it quickly to see if there's any writing or note bookmarks or anything like that that have been stuck in there. No, there's nothing that's stuck in there. Um, I don't know the Catholic Bible well enough to uh, quote anything from it, but you find like a well-worn spot that looks like, you know, the book just kind of naturally opens to it and some passage about forgiveness. It's not John 3.16. I don't know what that is. For God so loved the earth that he... Yeah, I forget it now. It's been a while. It's it's some some verse about uh, repentance and forgiveness. Herod st- studies the page for a moment. Daniel nine nine, the Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against Him. Uh, he moves over to the trunk at the foot of the bed and um, opens it up and looks for any items which have been moved around recently. It looks undisturbed. Uh, the first layer is just a bunch of clothes, um, a couple different versions of priestly garment and stuff like that. Uh, you dig through those, but towards the bottom, you find some interesting stuff. Um, you find an, a, another Bible, a very well-used, worn Bible, though it looks like it hasn't been opened in a long time. It's kind of got a little bit of dust on it. And that's resting on top of a broadsword, which is resting on top of what looks like a, some sort of uh, red blanket that's been folded up careful, carefully. Uh, looking at the broadsword and kind of uh, checking the edge of it, is it sharpened? It's in a scabbard, so you'd have to actually like handle it. Yeah, he pulls it out of the scabbard and okay. takes a look. Yeah, it's sharp. Uh, setting it on the bed, Herod leans down to unwrap whatever is wrapped in the red clothing the uh the red blanket turns out to be a a red uh tabard with like a a white cross emblazoned emblazoned on it um can he roll maybe a research to know what this is yeah uh there's also like a battered old cult revolving shotgun in there interesting equipment for a priest uh go ahead and make a common knowledge roll come on creamsicle Um, I'll go and use my card. Add a d6 to it here. Uh, so that's a simple. So that was extra effort and uh, a simple success. You recognize this as the uh, uh, the uniform of a guardian angel, one of the police uh, peacekeeping forces that used to be uh, stationed down in Lost Angels when. Reverend Grimm and the Church of Los Angeles were still in control down there. Ah, this complicates things. How quickly is Daisy going over to Edgar Pittman's uh, shack? Don't think I'm running. Uh, sure, we'll say that you catch up with Daisy about halfway to the cemetery following these footprints. They kind of meander, but yeah, Daisy's not moving at a very hurried pace. Have we just been following Daisy's footprints? No, these you've definitely been following bloody... <laughs> unless 
<laughs> Unless Daisy has some sort of other hindrance that I'm not aware of. I mean, I might have stepped in some blood. But I don't oh, think that's I true. That that's far. true. I don't think it would have tracked us. Yeah. yeah, that would have been like, oh, we're following this like a couple feet out, and then it, it gets particulated off. No, you've these bloody footprints have gone have been going for quite some time. Uh, and it, yeah, it, like kind of meanders through some of the alleys of Jacksonville, and then. Uh, gets to the edge of town, heads out t- uh, fairly straightforwardly towards the cemetery, and that's about halfway there. You catch up with uh, Daisy. Whoa, y'all moving fast? What's up? Uh, picked up a trail here. Wait, do I see a blood trail now? Uh, once they point out to you, yeah, yeah. You, you see it. Oh, yeah. I'll look at the bottom of my feet first. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're pretty big footprints. They, they don't size up to, to you. We spoke with a couple of witnesses. Nobody said they saw anything. One did hear something and would promise to come to the sheriff's office with more information. When we left his place, we found these tracks. From his place to... Well, not from his place, just as we were making our way back to the church. You start following the trail, and uh, like I said, once it got out of town, it started heading fairly directly towards the cemetery. Uh, And so you follow it right into the cemetery... It meanders throughout the cemetery, leaves a few blood streaks on some of the the headstones and such, and then it goes right up to Edgar Pittman's door. Well, shit. I hope Edgar's okay. Every, the three of you, give me give me some quick notice rolls. Nine. Seven. All right. Um, so you see the the trail, the bloody footprint trail leads up to the door. There's blood smeared on the doorknob. You all three notice there's like a Edgar Pittman has a, a pretty small house. It's it's like somewhere between a shack and a one room cabin or something like that. It's not. It's not big. It's not super fancy. Um, and it's got like an attached uh, tool shed or something that's right by the door. And you see uh, a bunch of uh, Edgar Pittman's tools just sitting right there. Um, and there's a, a spade uh, that's been kind of casually left. Like it's fallen over. It's not properly in its place. And the edge of it is clearly got uh, chunks of wood embedded. Hmm. Edgar! Um, I'm going to go running up towards the house. Okay. We don't see a bloody weapon in the shed? No. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Let's go in and get Edgar. All right, Rachel, time for your trademark cop knock. I was just going to say Rachel kicks the door open. I mean, you said there's, like, blood all over the The, door. The footprints lead up to it, and then, like, the doorknob has blood smeared on it. Is but the door still intact? It's still intact. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm still going to break the door open. Okay, give me an athletics... Well, this sounds more like... Yeah, athletics. Give me athletics. Nope. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. Don't spend a penny. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> you go to kick it at thuds. It's, you know... It, Surprisingly solid door. Surprisingly solid door for how small a place this is. Uh, And, you know, you do that, and then you just, like, maybe pound on the door. You you call 
Uh, yeah, I'm concerned Edgar's trapped in this house with a murderer. There's um, there's silence for a long moment, and then you hear uh, a clatter inside, like a bunch of glass. And, and you kind of hear a blurry, What? What is it? Who's there? It's too early for an undertaker. Edgar, you open this door right now. There's some shuffling. Uh, you hear uh, more glass. Uh, and then the door uh, unlatches and swings open. And Edgar is standing right there looking at you, bleary-eyed, kind of confused. He's he's in his, his nightshirt. His hands are covered in blood up to his elbows. His nightshirt is stained with blood and there's blood smeared over his mouth and staining his teeth oh edgar what did you do shit and you can also probably the door is wide open enough you can see his disturbing fucking heart in inside as well what what did i do it's it's too early for this this there a problem? Come on, Edgar. Well, Edgar, you're, you're covered in blood. What? Oh! And, and, oh, dear God! And the priest is dead. What's in my mouth? You've, you've got blood on your teeth as well. A moment. Please. Edgar Pittman turns around, kind of falls to his hands and knees, and, and just retches onto the floor. I... I... Would normally say he he'd be vomiting, but it doesn't look like uh, like some fluid comes up. But he doesn't seem. It's kind of like he doesn't have anything to throw up, and he's trying to throw up. And then he starts uh, feebly trying to crawl over towards a, a counter where you see there's like a wash basin or something. Mister Pittman, do you have any sharp knives or other bladed instruments at your disposal? Uh. <laughs> Uh, yes, I I have knives. Who who doesn't have knives? May I, may I take a look at them? Yes, yes. And he kind of gestures towards his kitchen. Rachel's going to pull out a chair. Okay, you step into the house. Uh, so you see all this these this artwork inside. It's disturbing and graphic. I'm not going to go into a heck of a lot of detail, but there's a lot of reds. Um. And there, there's Im- figures. The imagery is just um, very disturbing. Uh, there are pictures up on the walls, and then there are more pictures just kind of like stacked together and leaned against the walls and stuff. And then there's also just a copious amount of empty whiskey bottles all over the place. Um, and, and you can tell as as Edgar Pittman is kind of flailing around trying to pull himself up to his feet and get to this wash basin. He is definitely hung over. And he starts, like, splashing water at his face, and particularly his mouth, trying to get the blood off of him. You know, I've seen art like this before. Where? Well, in... in Talos. Only... only the color scheme was a lot different. They definitely... Yeah, a lot less... a lot less of this red... But a lot of the same shapes. Interesting. Rachel's gonna 
go inside, pull out a chair, and kind of put her hand on Edgar's shoulder and direct him a little forcibly to the chair. Okay, so you pull him away from the, the wash basin and sit him down? Yeah, she's going to sit down here, Edgar, and then she'll go get the wash basin and, like, plonk it on the table in front of him. Okay. Yeah, the, the water in the wash basin is pretty sanguine now. Edgar, what is your damn explanation for all this? For my my artwork? Or I have no... I don't... The blood, I don't know where it came from. I, I swear to you, Deputy, I have killed no one. You're going to have to do a lot better than that, Edgar. You got Father Smith's blood all over you. All over your hands and your mouth, for Christ's sake. I, I didn't. I, I drank myself to sleep as I do every night. Every night, Deputy. I did not kill anyone. I, I don't have an explanation, not for this. Now, Edgar, the kind of things you do when you're blackout drunk, you're still responsible for. I, I didn't do this, I swear. My door was locked. Could I have locked it if I were blackout drunk? I, I don't know. Can anyone attest to your whereabouts last night? Of course not. I live in a cemetery. <laughs> well then, Edgar, I don't want to place you under arrest. Of, of course. I, I swear to you, Deputy, I did not kill anyone. Well, if nothing else, you can sober up in jail for a while. I'll let you get a little cleaned up. I don't want you walking through the streets covered in blood, setting off panic. Thank you, Deputy. And he starts trying to kind of clean himself up. Is he going into another room to do this? <laughs> there is no is other room. room. It's just one oh. room. You can see, like, his bed's in a corner and I'll wait for him to kind of, I guess, change into non-blood-soaked clothes. Yeah. And needless to say, I'm looking for a bloody knife. All right, make a nose roll. Five. Hey, guess what? <laughs> you find a bloody knife. It's a Bowie knife. It's, like, been dropped in, like, his sink or whatever. Rachel. Yeah? I found this in the sink. Yep. That's that's not my knife. I don't I don't own a knife like that. Then what's it doing here? I don't know. Do I notice any like engraving or like a, a plate on it that has like somebody's initials or anything like that on it? Uh you just got a simple success, so if there is it's too smeared in gore to tell. Well we'll take it back. And like the whole knife is bloody. The handle is bloody, the blade is bloody. Does Edgar seem genuinely freaked out and confused? Um, give me a notice roll. I'm just seeing a lot of blood all over You're him. You're seeing a lot of blood over him. I am actually going to give you a plus two on that, though, because um, this is kind of an aspect of your job 
and you get you get so that would make it a simple success. Uh, you get a sense that um, yeah, he's genuinely distraught, uh, genuinely confused. Um, but because it's a simple success, uh, like that could be an act. You, right. you, you know, it, some people are. That's what my mind's running over right now. Is is he just putting this on as like a oh, I just killed this guy and. It is not obviously an act. It seems genuine, but there's that shred of doubt. Yeah. Uh, once he's changed, um, I'm going to handcuff him. I think take him into the. He doesn't. He doesn't resist. Because I'm not sure yet what's quite going on. I've dealt with a lot of weird supernatural shit. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he seems genuinely distraught. Um, I'll cuff him, and then I'll take, like, his coat, and I'll drape it over the cuffs, and then I'll just kind of lead him through town. It just looks like maybe he's hungover, and I'm taking him to the station to sleep it off. Okay. I mean, he's a member of our community, and I don't quite know what's going on here. So she's going to give him this little bit of, like, courtesy. Okay. Daisy, what are you up to? Just gonna, yeah, go with Rachel bringing him into the jail at this okay. point. Well, also, like, some time goes by while you're all in this house. Haro's okay. looking around at the knives. Oh, I'm, uh, Edgar's getting cleaned up. So there's. I'm probably actually looking at the art. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm like, this definitely looks like this it was in the city of Talos. Give. This happened. <laughs> give me. Um, notice is the theme of the evening. Give me a notice okay. roll. A four. All right. So you're looking at this artwork. It's paint. It's definitely paint. It's all in various reds and crimsons, but this is not like he's been painting in blood. It's okay. all definitely, it definitely paint. You probably even find like his paint set yeah, uh, tucked away carefully somewhere. Yeah. I'll, I'll eventually pass it. I was like, well, I, I guess the good news is, is all his artwork, not, that's not blood at least. It is paint. What? Blood? I would... Who paints in blood? There's all kinds of weird artists. Sickos. I met a woman once on on the carnival circuit, and yeah, she made art with poop. I mean, people are weird. That's equally horrifying. Honestly, no, no, I I have terrible dreams, and I thought maybe painting some of what I saw in my dreams would help. And it doesn't. Hey, he just looks pathetic and sad and miserable and confused and hungover. Well, let's get you down to the station. There's a couple people I think I'm going to have talk to you. All right. Are you are you all taking anything else for uh, evidence at all? I would imagine the clothes... Um, the knife. The shovel. The shovel. Okay. Who who's getting the shovel? I'll carry the shovel and then the knife. Okay. As as you're stepping out of uh Pittman's house, you, you go over and you grab the shovel and you're leading Pittman out and he looks at the shovel and he gives it he kind of furrows his brow at it, squints and is like That also is not my shovel. Where did you find that? In your tool shed, Mr. Pittman. Uh, that's, 
That's not a shovel you would use for digging graves. That's a, I, I suppose, a miner's shovel. Something weird is going on around here. You're telling me? If I may, Rachel, something weird is always going on around here. Yes. Well, Edgar, if you didn't do this, you might be in trouble, so... I'm definitely in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. I didn't do it. Why? There's enough... There's enough death in the valley. I'm... And half of them don't even stay. <laughs> Looks over at Aru. <laughs> like, what's his history with... Not very well known. He's just always been the very quirky, uh, very, very um, quiet grave digger slash undertaker. Like, you know, he doesn't come into town that often for supplies or to take care of bodies. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I imagine, like, he's never really been in trouble with the law before. Definitely not, no. I want to take him back to the sheriff's office, and I want Ross... I want to ask Ross, basically, if he knows of ways to, like, help access, like, hypnotism or something. I don't know. Like, to see if we can jog his memory of what happened last night. If there's maybe a harrowed skill that, like, lets them read minds. So, you you get back to the sheriff's office. Ross is there. He sees you leading in Pittman, who's been handcuffed, quirks an eyebrow, and, and make your report and ask this of him in character. Ross, uh, got a smoking gun here. Father David, he's been murdered. Well, shit. Trail led right to Edgar's house. Edgar covered in blood. That's true, Mr. Pittman. Uh, I awoke covered in blood. Yes, blood on my hands, my clothes... In my mouth. But I swear, I killed no one. Yeah, he's saying he I have, don't remember where he was last night. No, I, I mean, I know I'm fairly certain where I was. I was passed out drunk in my bed. So you don't know where you were? I mean, I, I, I woke up where I left myself. Ross, is there any way you can, with your... And she'll kind of, like, glance around and make sure that there's no one else around. No. Um, is there any way... I know I've seen you do some strange things, things I wouldn't have thought possible. I don't suppose mind reading is one of your talents, is it? Uh, no. If I could read minds... I'd probably be a lot more disturbed. <laughs> I was hoping you or maybe uh, Wynon would have some sort of method of extracting buried memories. Well, I can't speak for the agents, but I certainly can't. Um, yeah, I definitely cannot. And... Even if I did, it probably would not be something I would use. Well, 
Edgar, you just cool it in this cell over here. We're going to figure out where to go from here. Uh, She'll put him into... It's July. There's there's nothing cool about this month. It's a bit of modern slang I threw out there. Oh. Is that something you picked up from Deseret? Sure. Uh, you, you, you tell me you're the one using the, the phraseology. Just go sit in the cell, Edgar. I'm, I'm sitting in my cell. I don't understand what's going on, and you're using weird terms. <laughs> I think at this point, um, Herod catches up with the rest of you and um, knocks on the door of the sheriff's office. I, I think maybe you're knocking just as Rachel opens the door to go look for you. And then she does that awkward, like, oh, you're right there. You look like you're looking for someone, Rachel. I was looking for you, in fact. I have some information that may be of use. Yeah? Indeed. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh, good, you're all here. Yes, um, I inspected the personal belongings of the late father. And it turns out that he was a member of the church of Reverend Grimm at one time. I don't suppose any of you know of that particular situation. You can all roll common knowledge, uh, definitely at a plus two. I needed that. Oh, wait. Oh, snake eyes. Something's <laughs> <laughs> never heard of shit, it. I don't know. Church of Los Angeles. Blah, blah, mm. blah. Lumarians, blah, blah. Lumarians. Thirteen total. Thirteen total. Haru, you're familiar with the uh, uh, Church of Los Angeles and Reverend Grimm. Um, about four or five years ago, he was a major power in Southern California. He ruled from the city of Los Angeles, which he declared as its own independent and holy see. Um, and his flavor of Christianity was generally considered although it was actually quite popular at the height of its time, it was kind of weird there was just always something kind of off about the the phrasing of the the psalms and prayers and stuff like that and half the time it seemed like the, the followers of the Church of Los Angeles worshipped Reverend Grimm rather than God or uh, Jesus or whatever. Um, Cathol. What? <laughs> the Catholic people worship Cathol. Okay. Okay. At least that, that's what Daisy figured out with their snake Okay. Guys. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> with the they snake guys there. Cathol. Yeah, Cathol. I know this. <laughs> so, and, and you know that um, they kind of got wiped out about four or five years ago uh, when a, a huge... Uh, tsunami uh, hit Southern California, flooded it, and basically wiped Los Angeles off the map. And that broke the power of the the Church of Los Angeles. It's still got a few followers scattered here and there. It's more cult than anything else. But uh, you're not sure quite what the sources are, but some people have been spreading rumors that the the Church of Los Angeles was into some pretty nasty stuff. Um, You've heard some really dark, disturbing rumors, things like cannibalism come to mind. And, Rachel, you kind of have similar information without, like, the rumors. You don't have that. You just know that they were a big religious movement and they kind of got broke uh, after the flood. Reverend Price is uh, 
uh, the traveling evangelist revival tent thing, um, and he's part of that in that church, Church of Lost Angels. Perhaps you've heard rumors of their activities, foul things, which I'm sorry to say are not exaggerations, but rather nice fantasies compared to what they were actually up to. Uh, I don't know too much about them. Just isn't that reverend out in the revival tent part of that church? Is he now? Yeah, you all knew that. He's he's based out of Medford, and right now he's using the uh, the clearing where the the carnival, uh, uh, Mordecai Zamenhof's Imaginarium of of terror and wonderment, or whatever it is I called it so long ago, where that used to be. I think that that uh, other reverend may be someone worth questioning. Here's my theory. I'll lay it out on the table. I believe that this uh, father who has lost his life uh, was a true believer, not in the teachings of Grimm, but in more traditional religion. Perhaps he converted, and perhaps this has broken some sort of trust with the remaining followers of Grimm. It could have been a revenge killing, a sort of... Well, calling it a comeback to Jesus might be in poor taste. It still doesn't explain how Pittman got involved. Like, how did did they use some form of magic to control his body? Is Pittman involved? Yeah, we yeah. found... Hello? Come on in. Oh, I wouldn't have said all that had I known there was a prisoner in here. It's, it's quite all right. Well, I suppose at least you're behind bars. I, I suppose. Pose. We found Mr. Pittman here, covered in blood, with the knife and the shovel. He claims he has no memory of committing the crime, though. Interesting. Um, Mr. Pittman, I suppose uh, might as well ask you a question. Yes? Did you have any unusual visitors last night or perhaps the night before? I... I'm... I'm... Must confess, on on a account of the the dreams I have nightly, I drink myself into a stupor, as has become my custom. My hours are generally late, so I am able to recover and make myself presentable before my first customers of the day. Generally, I was. Most confused when the deputy knocked on my door, and then I was quite horrified to find what she pointed out upon my person. Herod will step closer to the bars. Mr. Pittman, please breathe at me. An odd request, but very well. And he breathes into your face. Does uh, Herod smell copious amounts of alcohol? Oh, yeah. I believe Mr. Pittman may be innocent. We found him with the murder weapon covered in the victim's blood. It's not my knife. Being drunk don't make him innocent. The cleanliness of the cut on the body leads me to believe that it could not have been performed by a drunkard. Well, if Pittman didn't murder Father Smith, then who did? At that moment, there's a knock on the door. 
Deadlands and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All content is used unofficially under the Savage Media Network license. Find more of their great products at peginc.com. Sound effects are by Plate Mail Games and BattleBards. Music by the Eaglestone Collective. You can find links to all of the above in the show description. As always, thank you for joining us for this episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever else you listen, and don't hesitate to contact us via rvrpodcast at gmail.com, at rvrpodcast on Twitter, or join us on our Discord server. We'd love to hear from y'all. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.